Hey there, folks. This is David opposing the Matrix. How are you today? Today is today is the day I get a new microphone. Art. <laughs> I'm not just kidding. It is the 11th of August, 2022. It is a Thursday, and it has been a very interesting week so far. This is the week that the FBI raided Trump's Mar-a-Lago home um, illegally, I think. And for, I think for the purposes of ruining him for the election, but it's turned around totally 180 degrees. And I've heard that he collected more money yesterday than the rest of the time that he's been collecting money and for, for his re-election, of course. And um, the, uh, the efforts of the Democratic Party and the communists, well, same difference, um, to ruin him have actually boomeranged on them and... Uh, it's uh, it's not a pretty sight for for Democrats who never think before they act, and uh, and thus they did the same in this act. And uh, supposedly, what happened was um, he uh, they were after him because he kept some paperwork from the uh, the National Archives that he should have turned over at the end of his term. Um, thing is that a year before he had gone about and um, and unclassified those documents. So <laughs> they were not classified documents when Trump had them at Mar-a-Lago. So I don't know. Like Again, like I say, when, when, when communists and Democrats do things, they don't think ahead of time. And so anyway, um, I'm going to be redoing a show that I did on Monday night. Um, actually, I'm going to be doing it. I, I did it on Monday night. However, in all the moving around and everything that we're doing around here, you see, this changes every time we get, I get I do a show, it seems like. But, um, and it's looking better, I think. But, um, anyway, uh, somehow I unhooked the uh, microphone cable and I did a whole show uh, with my mouth moving, but nothing coming out of it. <laughs> so, anyway, you know, I'm doing and I'm looking at the little microphone thing and it's showing uh, the, the level bouncing up and down here on uh, on the Melon app, and uh, so you're able to hear me this time. So uh, if you're reading across the bottom, I'm going to be do, doing a show today, Foreign Agents in the Biden Cabinet. Who are they and what are their names? There are several people that are on his cabinet that have done favors for foreign governments in the past, and when they do, they have to sign up, and we'll talk about all this uh, with um, a certain... Uh, a certain uh, it's an office in, in government uh, they have to register when they've done uh, represented people from foreign governments and my thought is that if you represent people from foreign governments what are you doing in ours you know you shouldn't be doing that and uh, but you know we're living in the era of Hunter Biden and uh, and Joe Biden and, and all the other Bidens and 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 every other Democrat in office and some Republicans, too, that, uh, you know, the rhinos that have uh, sold this country out, so to speak, uh, without any not dancing around the issue, so to speak. Um, so anyway, we're going to talk about that. Uh, anyway, the current events, uh, like I mentioned, with, uh, with the Trump thing and Trump actually thanked the, um, the FBI for what they did. Now, um, I'm not one that wants to get on the bad side of the FBI, not right now anyway. And um, so. Uh, these are allegations, all right, that the FBI did wrong, but 
we've been watching and listening to allegations after allegations. And, you know, let's look at uh, the, uh, the the Russiagate thing and, and everything that's gone on the last four or five years. Um, it's all been it's all been handled by the FBI and the Department of Justice. So, uh, you know, take that as you may. And um, but, you know, it all stinks. It stinks on ice. And, uh, you know, time will tell what's what's going to happen with this. But uh, I think the major thing was uh, the, the Democrats and the communists and the socialists and the progressives and you name it. They're all all different names for one thing. Um, they're trying to provoke uh, conservatives in this country into acting in a civil war sort of fashion uh, with violence. And uh, I don't think it's going to work, to tell you the truth. So anyway, uh, again, time will tell. We'll see. But uh, you like my new hat? I went to the store the other day, the, the hardware store, and they sold Milwaukee tools, the best tools that I've ever used in my entire life. And I picked up a hat. So it's kind of a, I'm not getting paid for an advertisement or anything, but Milwaukee tools rule. Hey, that rhymes. I like that. Okay. So without further ado, I think maybe we should just go ahead and, uh, oh, by the way, Brian sends his best. Um, I was talking with him today. He's, he's working out some stuff. Um, and once it's all worked out, he'll be back on the air. Uh, there's no time frame that that's going to happen, but um, that, and Brian's a cool dude, man. He really is, and I just can't wait for him to be back on the show with me on Thursday nights. And um, his suggestion today was that I do a show every night. The way things are rolling along with the politics and the the, uh, the prophetic events that are happening and, and everything else, you know. So we'll see, you know. I don't know, because after I get done with this show, i got to download it and upload it and upload it to a couple of audio formats. And, stuff. and I've got a faster Internet connection now, so that kind of helps. But um, so that's, you know, and plus I've got a family here and I don't want I got to have a life. You know? So um, and if I do that, do that, I'll, I'll do it during the day sometime when it won't interrupt with the nightly things. Like I said, usually birthday parties are on Saturdays or Sundays or they're at night. And so uh, birthday parties and you know, anniversaries and stuff like that, I like to attend. So um, my family comes first. So family first, show second, and uh, and we'll go from there. Anyway, so I'm going to be doing a lot of reading tonight, but I'm going to be sharing the screens with you folks, okay, so that you can kind of read along if it's big enough. I mean, I've got this big 32-inch LCD screen here. And, Everything's big to me, but I realize some of you have smaller screens, so you might not be able to actually read the content as I'm going along, but you can see where I'm reading from. And I don't know, when you kind of look at something and listen to it at the same time, to me, it's it's easy to retain. So, um, um, a few weeks ago when I fell, I fell on my nose, and I sometimes when I wear my glasses, it hurts a little bit, so I have to wear them up here for, for reading. So, um, I might have to take... Not necessarily, but might have to take a break or something in the middle of reading. So uh, anyway, without further ado, let's go along with this. I'm going to read this first article, and I'm, I'm going to cite it. Okay, so um, let me see. No, I don't want to hide me. I want to show on the screen. Okay, let's let's get going here. So i got to go to that screen. All right, here we go. This is from the Epic Times. The, by far one of the most accurate and thorough 
newspapers I've ever written in my entire life. And it's newspapers for folks like me and you who can't get the truth from the alphabet stations. Uh, we have to go to things like Epic News. To get, and and they're, I think they have a high degree of integrity. And uh, they don't fool around. Okay. All right. So this is, uh, we're going to be reading uh, an article about a man uh, from Britain. And I think this was, oh, yeah, it was August 10th of 2019. He gave a speech at uh, CPAC Australia. But he was speaking to some Americans down there, too, or, or it was online, and he was speaking to Americans online. I wasn't there, so I don't know. But he seems like he's directly um, addressing an American audience from time to time. So uh, let's kind of look at this. I'll read it, and uh, we'll go from there. So anyway, this is from um, the CPAC Australia Conference in Sydney, Australia, August 10th, 2019. Um, and this is from the Epic Times, and I can't see when it was um, – when it was published. So anyway, this fella is very smart. By the way, before we begin, let's do a little history lesson, okay? Over the years, for the last 200 years, when people have sought freedom, where have they come? Right to the United States, right? Um, I mean, even the founding fathers, even the pilgrims came here to get away from from um, religious strife in, in um in Europe, uh, specifically in England and uh, northern uh, Northern Europe, uh, they were Protestants and they came here in, in the 16, early 1600s. Um, but um, all throughout, uh, let's see, so 450 years roughly, maybe 500, close to that. Yeah, close to 500 uh, or 502 years, uh, if you want to be accurate. Um, people have come to North America, specifically the United States or the area of the United States to to get away from oppression. And it's that's been fine. It's been great. I mean, my relatives, you know, I've chased from, from Denmark and Italy and Poland and uh, Germany, you know, it's they've all come here because they found a better life here. And, uh, and they were, in many cases, fleeing from uh, persecution over in Europe or perceived persecution. Um, but things are different now because things are souring here in the United States and hopefully they'll get better, but if not, where do people go? You know, um, I just, you know, I just really feel bad for the people that have come here over the last 40 or 50 years, specifically from, from Eastern Europe, uh, the, the countries that were behind the Iron Curtain, the Soviet Union, uh, now Russia, and, um, and other areas that were um, under the, uh, the communist influence. They came here to get away from communism. Now what's happening, our country is turning into a, socialist slash communist country if we don't put the brakes on it stop it somehow um years ago uh, oh geez i guess it was probably around two it was during it was when barack obama was first elected uh, you and me and many other people saw barack obama as a marxist and as a muslim and uh with that we kind of figured out who he was ahead of time but a lot of people didn't because a lot of people just vote the the party ticket and they don't, they, they just don't care. Um, so he was from, I think it was from Belarus and he was the delivery driver for the drug company that used to, we used to get our uh, drugs from when I worked in a pharmacy. And, uh, he came in one day, uh, the day after Obama was elected, I think it was what, 2008. So yeah, in that, when he first took over <laughs> and I mean took over because he meant his, his whole platform was on, um, uh, redoing the foundation that the United States was built on. And what was it built on? The Judean Christian ethic, right? And freedom and liberty and everything else. And 
Boy, he tried his best to, and in some ways he was um, successful in, in ruining our country and uh, changing it over or setting it up to be changed over to a, a communist slash Marxist um, ideal. Uh, but anyway, this driver came in one day and he had a newspaper under his arm. And he knew he and I would talk about communism and stuff because I, I was interested in that and I wanted to know from from a person that lived in that in that regime during that time what what it was like and um, so he came up to me and he slammed the newspaper down on the back counter where we used to count uh, the drugs that he was bringing in and um, he goes you know I come to <laughs> forgive me for my pronunciation I come to this country to to be free and get away from everything in Europe and he says, and now this, and he slams the paper down, and yeah, the, you know, right on the front, Barack Obama wins election, and uh, so he knew it. Barack Obama was a communist slash socialist slash progressive slash, you know, the litany of names that you can use, and uh, <clears throat> he saw for Obama for what he was, and that, uh, you know, he comes here to be free, and then all of a sudden this happens, and. He sees the United States going in the opposite direction that Russia was actually going in at the time. So that was a, you know, a big hit to me. And just affirming the fact of things that I knew already that Barack Obama was uh, a Marxist and, uh, and he was bound and determined to change our country into a, a socialist slash um, communist um, regime. And like I said, he set it up really well for people like Biden and, um, and, and and don't forget the Clintons. <laughs> Who could forget the Clintons? <laughs> uh, it's like it's like forgetting, um, you know, your your worst date when you're a teenager. <laughs> you know, you just don't forget things like that. You know, and hopefully you learn from that. Oh, here it is. It, okay, so anyway, the article is titled "If America Falls to Marxists, Western Civilization Will Follow," and it's by a man named Farage, uh, Britain's Nigel Farage. Uh, urges CPAC conservatives to fight for their country. And this is by Darlene McCormick Sanchez. And it was August 6, 2022, when it was um, re reposted. Um, yeah, it says updated August 6, 2022. Okay, so I'm going to start reading. <clears throat> Hopefully my voice will last. Um, we're re Like I said, we're renovating here, and there's a lot of dust in this room. And it's starting to take its toll on our voices and our sinuses and everything else. So, Anyway, Marxism is threatening democracies across the globe, not just America, warned Britain's Nigel Farage during a Saturday speech to conservatives in Dallas, Texas. Oh, okay, it was in Texas. Okay. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we are under attack, said Farage, the past leader of Great Britain's Brexit Party. The biggest threat we face is from within. Farage, an ally of former President Donald Trump, quickly became... Um, a favorite during the final days of the conservative political action conference, the CPAC, uh, where thousands of conservatives gathered for the event. Farage said that democracies such as the United Kingdom, New Zealand, Canada, and Australia are experiencing a Marxist threat similar to the one facing, similar to the one facing America. <laughs> Marxists are trying to destroy the Judeo-Christian culture, the family unit, history and the identity of Western nations. He said, let me take a break here because if you read the Communist Manifesto, this is exactly what they, they don't like religion. They say it's the opium of the people. They don't like the family because family is uh, based on the Judeo-Christian culture. Um, and 
if they can break up a family, they can take control of the children and, and, and the mother and father and everything else and, and just uh, wreak havoc on the family. Uh, they like to destroy history, so we've seen that in recent years with them tearing down statues, uh, vilifying the founding fathers and mothers and, and everything else. And um, so, yeah, you're trying to destroy the identity of Western nations. So um, anyway, let's continue. Socialist professors and universities have paved the way for indoctrination of children in the school systems, Farage said. Uh, the left has co-opted the media for the most part, and it's no coincidence that socialistic viewpoints of race, white oppression, and black victimhood have become mainstays, or excuse me, mainstream, he added. Um, this is a Marxist attempt to break everything we are, he said. We're going to fight back. Okay. Heck yeah, we are. Okay, the way we do this is to elect true conservatives, not rhinos, he said, adding that conservatives cannot be afraid of being called nasty names by the left. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson was elected as a conservative but governed as a liberal. Ultimately, he stepped down as prime minister in July after losing the confidence of those in his party, and rightfully so. This is the man that... <laughs> Folks, did you, did you happen to watch any of them taking their COVID shots? It was it was hilarious. I mean, Netanyahu in Israel when they were getting ready to get give him his, he he looked at the doctor and said, "Are you sure you're using the right vial?" So, in other words, you do have the one with salt water, not the, not the one with um, the the injection, the uh, the vaccine was supposed to be a vaccine anyway. Um, and then uh, Boris Johnson, when he went to give his, the stupid doctor didn't even take the cap off the needle but looked like he was giving it to him. You know, I'm like, come on, man. And I hope that other people saw that too. And I haven't heard other people mention it. Perhaps I'm the only one that saw it. I don't know. Okay, let's continue with the article. Um, in Australia, the same thing happened with Prime Minister Scott Morrison, who allowed state governments to impose uh, oppressive lockdowns across the country during the pandemic and lost re-election in May, he said. All right. It's a good thing to hear, right? But of all the democracies in the world, it is America that we must lead the fight against modern Marxism, he said. To save Western civilization, this is the battleground, because if America falls, we all fall, he said. You are the foot soldiers in a battle on behalf of not just America, but on behalf of the whole free world, he added, as thousands of CPAC attendees gave him standing ovation, and rightfully so. Okay, Farage said, said the one element that can turn the tide against the Marxists is a silent majority in America. They don't buy the less propaganda. Common sense Americans don't believe in the concept of, of pregnant men, he said. While it won't be easy to stand up to the globalists, America has leaders who are up to the challenge, he said. I believe Donald Trump is the man uh, to, go, to go out there and fight for America, he said, and to wild applause. If Trump were in charge now, Things would no doubt be different, he added. Farage said Brexit won the polls because conservatives in Britain made efforts to get to get reticent voters to vote, or excuse me, to use their voice at the polls. Okay, the blood and treasure spent uh, the blood and treasure spent on freedom enjoyed by the West could be far not if conservatives don't stand up to Marxism now, he added. The real hard work has just begun, he said. Are you ready to fight? And the crowd roared, ready. Okay. We'll see. 
So, you know, as individuals, we only do one thing, like me and, this, and, and Brian and others on this radio, Ralph, uh, Ralph Emerson on this radio show. You know, we, we, uh, this is what we do. I get these articles, I read them to you, and then we, we go forward from there, right? Um, we're more like, um, well, do I dare I say a propaganda machine for what's right? You know, I tell you guys what's going on. Ralph does, Brian does, and then it's up to the people that listen to act upon it, okay? Now, acting might be prayer. Acting might be writing letters to congressmen and senators, although it's been proven that that doesn't work very good. <clears throat> or it's telling your relatives, um, telling people that you don't think. You know, the, the whole thing is numbers. We need to build up a populace that um, will speak loudly and protest loudly about the things that they're trying to do here. And that's what this man is talking about, this Nigel Farage. You know, don't think that you don't have a voice. Okay, you do have a voice, and that voice is very critical. And there was a commercial that was on years ago, and I know I've used this for other things, but it was for some kind of hair shampoo or something. And um, the girl goes, you know, you'll like it, and you'll tell two friends, and they'll two tell, tell two friends, and so on and so on. And it was all a bunch of little television sets. And as you know, you know, the first one, and then two, and then four, and then eight, and then sixteen, and then thirty-two. You know. Uh, that's how it works. You know, if I, if I tell five people things and each one of them tells two people, right, that's what, two, two times five is ten, and then it grows exponentially, you know. So let's let's talk to those that don't want to listen. Heck, all they're going to do is shut their ears, right, or tell you to shut up and in case you speak louder, right. So anyway, so the, the sum total of the lesson that this man was talking about is that this is the last bastion of hope the United States is. They call it America. Um, America's the last bastion of hope, and, and there's nowhere else to go if this doesn't work. So um, fight like you mean it. Fight like your life depends on it, because, frankly, it does. Okay? All right, let's go to another article here. Right? All right, this is going to have a lot of the same stuff in it, Okay. Um, exclusive report shows Biden administration run by former registered foreign agents. Look at these. Look at the looks on their faces. Look at the guy on the right. I mean, I mean, folks, if you're listening by radio, I apologize. You can't see. But the guy on the right looks like he's catatonic. The guy in the middle looks like he's constipated. And the girl on the left looks like she's clueless. And this is the Department of Justice talking. That must be the schlemiel of the Department of Justice that um, thought that he could entrap Trump. Um, I don't know. I think if you put both his brain cells together, he could probably come up with a sentence. Uh, it says more than a dozen high-ranking members of the Biden administration were previously registered as foreign agents. Interesting. And we're going to go deeper into this, okay? We're going to go into this article, and then we're going to talk into uh, talk about um, this organization that uh, they have to sign up for if they have been um, agents of a foreign nation. And then we're going to look at the actual people that were involved in that, okay? So we're, we're going to get quite in deep into this. And I know that our audience loves when we name names, okay? Now, this this isn't new. Other people know this information. So, you know, I'm not afraid to to disseminate this information to my audience or our audience and 
and um, and then you can do with it what you want, or you could tell other people to listen to this show, and they can they can listen to the articles being read, and then see the names of the people that are involved in this. Um, again, if you're a, an agent of a foreign country, you have no reason being in any American administration, let alone the uh, the executive branch of our government. All right. So anyway, again, let's see. Okay, I'll read the title again. Exclusive report shows Biden administration run by former registered foreign agents. This is by Tristan Justice. Oh, that's a cool last name, huh? Uh, it was posted on August 5th, 2022, and it's a five-minute read, according to uh, them. And this is in the, the Federalists, uh, very good newspaper, or I should say online digital newspaper. Um, and if you want to read on top, there's, it's, there's actually a link here. I won't go to it. Attorney General Merrick Garland admits he personally approved FBI raid on Trump home. Hmm. Well, I hope that he uh, is ready for the consequences of what he did. That reminds me, I gotta, we got to watch Hang Him High again. That was such a good movie. Um, anyway, and there's a picture there of Tristan Justice. Um, and he's, uh, I guess it's a Twitter uh, account, Tristan Justice. And it's... Uh, at Justice Tristan, okay, that's his. Uh, that's if you want to look at him up in uh, on Twitter. Okay, let's get on with the article. More than a dozen high-ranking members of the Biden administration previously worked as registered foreign agents, according to a new report obtained exclusively by the Federalist. The report was published by Biden administration watchdog inside the Biden basement. Uh, you got to go to that website, and I think we're gonna. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, just type that in um, inside Biden's basement is the name of the website and just put it in. No, I wouldn't put it in Google, but if you want to put it in um, DuckDuckGo or something like that, you probably have better uh, better results at finding it. Okay, so inside Biden basement itself, a uh, project of nonprofit transparency action fund uh, titled foreign agents lurking inside Biden's basement. The group's new report outlines a network of at least 13 officials under President Joe Biden who were once paid to represent foreign interests and registered under the Foreign Agents Registration Act, F-A-R-A is what it's called. Um, their prior clients uh, range from Iran, Kazakhstan, Canada, and Mexico. Okay, Fire records show... White House Deputy Counsel Jonathan Sue's law firm paid out $30,000 a month to Mercury Public Affairs on behalf of the government of Kazakhstan in 2018. Biden's special assistant Aaron Peldon was employed at, with Mercury at the same in the same year and worked on behalf of both Kazakhstan and Gutter. I know it looks like it's pronounced quite Cater, but it's Gutter, according to the public documents. I found that out the hard way. Um, let's see. In 2006, Biden's U.S. ambassador to Poland, Mark Brzezinski's public affairs firm, McGuire Woods Consulting, was paid nearly 140000 over a six-month period by the Taipei Economic and Cultural Representative Office, or TECRO. And there's a quote here. As Americans experience one Biden-era crisis pile upon another, the president's cabinet spokesman and aides behind the scenes Seem to put America last, said Derek Colley, the communications director for Inside Biden's Basement. Uh, it's, it is instructive for Americans to watch their needs 
watch your needs, take back take back seat and know uh, which of those officials inside Biden's basement have represented nations other than our own, yet now has tremendous yeah, have tremendous power in our our over our their their lives. Sorry. I'm having a hard time reading all of a sudden. Um Holly worked previously in the Trump in Trump's Department of Transportation. The Foreign Agent Registration Act requires that anyone lobbying on behalf of a foreign client disclose their business to the Department of Justice, which is a laugh because that's run by the people that are the most crooked. Anyway, I get back to the article here. Filings regularly uh, demonstrate the extent of bipartisan corruption in Washington. As the Washington establishment sought to undercut former President Donald Trump, FARA enforcement kicked into high gear have been investigations into Trump officials such as Paul Manafort. Those efforts, however, highlighted how deeply entrenched foreign interests are in Washington, D.C., also ensnaring uh, Tony Podesta, a top Democrat Democrat lobbyist and a brother of Clinton campaign chairman John Podesta. Manafort, Tony Podesta, and Rick Gates failed to disclose their lobbying efforts on behalf of the interests connected to former Ukrainian President Viktor uh, Yanukovych. While the media focuses uh, heavily on the very real problems of foreign influence among certain Trump associates, far less attention is paid to the damning connection shared by the Biden officials. Attorney General Merrick Garland, the most senior of those listed, represents five international represented five international clients, including the Union uh, Union Nationale de Productores de Cordelizas uh, in Mexico, the government of Brazil, uh, Viasas, previously known as the Venezuelan International Airways, and International Commodities Clearinghouse Limited in the United Kingdom, and the International Telecommunications Satellite Organization, Intelisat. Biden advisor Anita Dunn, another senior official, highlighted, highlighted who returned to the West Wing in May, previously served the government of Ontario, I'm assuming they mean Canada, uh, Dunn had also voluntarily coordinated public relations strategy for disgraced Hollywood producer Harvey Weinstein. Uh, while not an international client, the ex-movie mogul was convicted of rape in 2020 and was sentenced to 23 years in prison uh, at 67 following testimonies from six women against him. Uh, Dunn was also reported uh, by Wall Street Journal to admire former Chinese direct, uh, dictator Mao Zedong uh, as a favorite political philosopher. And this woman is in the White House advising Clinton. I mean, uh, Biden, same difference. You see one communist, you see them all. Uh, other officials named in the report include U.S. Ambassador to Turkey Jeff Flake and U.S. Representative to the European Union Mark Gittenstein. Uh, who served a single term in the Senate from Arizona, uh, previously represented Rossing Uranium Limited, a Nambian mining operation with connections to the government of Iran. Oh, my goodness. Gittenstein worked for the Swiss-headquartered food giant Nestle. Six other administration <clears throat> officials who are registered foreign agents include Robert Bauer, the co-chair of the President's Presidential Commission on the Supreme Court, Melissa Schwartz, the Communications Director for the Department of the Interior, Natalie Wythe Ernest, Counselor to the 
Treasury Secretary, uh, Maria Fab Fabriana Jorge, I, I assume, J-O-R-G-E, uh, Alternate Executive Director of the Inter-American Developmental Bank, Zeb Carlin Newman, a Communications Advisor for the Domestic Policy Council, and Steve Ricchetti, uh, Council, Council to Biden. Okay, while the report names 13 officials who are registered foreign agents before their tenure in the administration, the report is not exhaustive. The administration is actively working to conceal the identities of presidential appointees more than 18 months into Biden's first term. Last month, <clears throat> a separate conservative legal group, America First Legal, or AFL, launched a litigation blitz to unearth the names, titles, positions, resumes, salaries, ethic, pledge, ethic pledges, waivers, and agreements to all appointees under Biden. In an interview with the, <clears throat> the Federalists at the time, AFL uh, Vice President uh, and General Counsel Gene Hamilton compared the effort to compile records of the administration officials to ProPublica's Trump Town database, which made the same information of nearly 4,000 presidential appointees publicly accessible. And it says, people you want to know, you, you know, excuse me, people, you know, highlighted it and used it to try to write stuff up about people who are trying to earnestly to execute President uh, Trump's agenda. Hamilton said, well, the same has not really been true for the Biden administration. And so this is very, this is all about transparency. AFL's efforts are not connected to this database being compiled by inside Biden's basement. Okay. Very interesting, huh? It, the plot thickens, as they say. Okay, so let's get rid of this. Let's get rid of that first, then we'll get rid of this. Okay, now, folks, um, what I got to do here before I forget is I got to get rid of this. Right? Yeah. Okay, what am I not seeing here? Okay, I got that. But I don't have freaking... Okay, let me do something real quick, folks, okay? Before... I want to share something else, and for some reason... Okay, some reason it's not going to let me do it. So I'll just have to wing it, Okay. So let me um, uh, hide on stream. Okay. So I'm going to go to a page here. <clears throat> this is the Department of Justice page. And it's just to, to kind of help you to understand a little clearer about this um, FARA, F-A-R-A. Okay. And this is from the people who have to take the reports by these people when they, when they come in and uh, reveal what they've done for foreign governments. FARA is an acronym for the Foreign Agents Registration Act of 1938, as amended 22 U.S.C. 611 ETSEC, FARA or the Act, in other words, known as FARA or the Act. Um, FARA requires the registration of and disclosure by an agent of foreign principal, either directly or through another person within the United States, engages in political activities on behalf of a foreign principal, acts as a foreign principal's public relations counsel, uh, publicity agent, information service employee, 
or political consultant. Number three, solicits, collects, disperses, or dispenses contributions, loans, money, or things of value for or in the interest of a foreign principal. Number four, represents the interest of the foreign principal before any agency or official of the U.S. government. In addition, <clears throat> FARA, the foreign principal, uh, in addition, FARA uh, requires agents to conspicuously, yeah, conspicuously label information material transmitted in the United States for or in the interest of a foreign principal. There are some examples of FARA's registration and labeling requirements for specified categories um, or agents and activities. Okay, and the purpose of FARA. FARA is the, <clears throat> an important tool used to identify foreign influence in the United States and address threats to national security. The central purpose of FARA is to promote uh, transparency with respect to foreign influence within the United States by ensuring that <clears throat> The United States government and the public <clears throat> know the source of certain information from foreign agents intended to influence American public opinion, policy, and laws, thereby facilitating informed evaluation on the information. FARA fosters transparency by requiring the persons um, who engage in specified activities within the United States <clears throat> on behalf of a foreign principal uh, register with uh, with and disclose those activities to the Department of Justice. The Department of Justice is required to make such information publicly available. Good, because that's what we're going to do right now. <laughs> okay, folks, so let's go here and here. All right. This is an awesome page. This is a PDF that I got from... Uh, from these people, uh, and these are the people that inside Biden's basement. Okay, uh, www.insidebidensbasement.org. If you go there, there are days worth of reading on there. Okay, so if you're into research heavily, uh, make sure that you, when you go there, you have a drink here because it, lots of ice in it if it's cold out, or warm, really hot if it's warm out or cold out. Um, a little something to nosh on while you're reading because it's going to take you quite a few hours to read through this. So, anyway, uh, these people have put together a dossier, exposed um, foreign agents lurking inside Biden's basement. Okay. So, what exactly is FARA? Um, simply put, the Foreign Agents Registration Act, FARA, is an important tool used to combat foreign influence in the United States. FARA requires people engaged in certain activities on behalf of a foreign government or organization to register as a foreign agent. Just the words foreign agent bother me. I don't know about you. Bothers the heck out of me. Oh, real quick here. Okay. I'm going to open up the chat room just in case somebody wants to talk. But I seriously doubt it since this show has not been advertised. All right. And why does it matter? The officials on the list were all at one time paid to represent a foreign interest. This special edition of Cellular Dwellers is meant to further inform the American public about who's running their government and where their professional backgrounds may be influenced in their perspectives. Ooh, very interesting. Okay. 
Let's start out with the chief troublemaker, Merrick Garland. He's attorney general for the Department of Justice. Okay. As attorney general, Garland issued memorandum called on law enforcement officials to use domestic terrorism laws to prosecute parents critical of school board policies. He's the one, folks. He's the one that started all that. Second bullet point. He has refused to arrest and prosecute protesters harassing conservative Supreme Court justices. Third bullet, rendering advice and providing representation to law firms Arnold and Porter foreign principals. Fourth bullet point, known foreign clients are United National de Protectores de Fortalezas, Mexico, Government of Brazil, Viasas, formerly Venezuela International Airways, International Commodities Clearinghouse Limited, UK, International Telecommunications Satellite Organization, tell us that. I know that a lot of these we read in uh, the previous page, two pages or two uh, windows back, but it's important to kind of get this and also to, uh, there's there's more names on here and more uh, information that wasn't disclosed on the previous page that we read. Okay, Mark Brzezinski, Ambassador to Poland. Ambassador to, he, first bullet point, Ambassador to Sweden under Barack Obama. Second bullet, Director of Southeast European Affairs, National Security Council under Bill Clinton. This guy loves working for Democrats. Uh, third bullet point, paid speaker for an advisory group to the Chinese Communist Central Committee, Chinese Government Advisory Group. Paid Mark Brzezinski $1,000 for a speech. That doesn't seem like very much, but still, he got money from a foreign interest. Um, fourth bullet point, known for clients, Taipei Economic and Cultural Representative Office, or DECRO, and the Embassy for the Republic of Poland. Second person, Robert Bauer, co-chair, President's Commission on the Supreme Court of the United States. Um, first bullet, served as White House counsel for Barack Obama. Second bullet, uses loft lawfare to intimidate donors. <clears throat> Bauer had just laid the groundwork for an entire political movement to come. This is the modern intimidation game, <clears throat> and it now defines American politics. Uh, Kim, parentheses, excuse me, yeah. Kim Strassel, the intimidation game. I guess that's a book or something that was written. And fourth, uh, third bullet, known foreign clients, German companies, RAM system, GmbH, uh, deal and or deal GmbH and company. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Next one's a real sweetheart. Uh, Melissa Melissa Schwartz, communications director, Department of the Interior. First bullet comms director for in, Interior Secretary Halland, who is helping to fulfill Biden's promise of, a, of no fossil fuel development on federal land amid skyrocketing gas prices. You want to know who's giving Biden advice on that? It's this Shlemiel, the Shiksa. Um, and if she's Jewish, she's still a Shiksa because she's acting like a boy. Anyway, uh, second bullet point, helps squelch media scrutiny over accused eco-terrorist colleague Tracy Stone Matting during confirmation battle represented uh, fired FBI official Andrew McCabe and managed rapid response for Christine Blaisley Ford during Ford's attacks on Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. 
known foreign clients in Scottish Affairs Office. Anita Dunn, Senior Advisor to President Biden, former White House Communications Director for Barack Obama. Boy, I'll tell you, they, they all have the same backgrounds, don't they? Second bullet point, co-founder of the Revolving Door Consulting Firm, SKDK. Third bullet, serving second stint in Biden White House under carefully structured deals, allowing her to avoid financial disclosure and then return to her lobbying practice. Fourth bullet point, provided unpaid public relations consulting to disgraced sexual predator Harvey Weinstein. Uh, Fifth bullet, once stated that Chinese Communist leader Mao Zedong was her favorite political philosopher. I can't believe that this thing is in government in our country. I can't even call her a human being. You know, this is a thing. Okay, and the last bullet point, known foreign clients, government of Ontario. Um, Again, I think it means Canada. Uh, Jeffrey Flake, ambassador to Turkey. Former U.S. Senator and U.S. Congressman from Arizona, Republican. Really? Okay, so he's a rhino. Uh, Second bullet. One of 11 House members in 2005 to vote against the bill, providing emergency funds to handle the damage caused by Hurricane Katrina. So all you folks that were affected by this, this is the jerk that uh, kept money from coming to you to help pay for the damages caused by the hurricane. Why he did that, I have no idea. Third bullet point, responsible for delaying the vote on U.S. Supreme Court Justice Brent Kavanaugh due to the late charges brought by Christine Blasey Ford. Blasey Ford, excuse me. Next bullet point, lobbied for a mining company with strong ties to Iran and questionable labor practices. Folks, this is somebody who's advising Biden. This is somebody that should not even be near anything that has to do government, yet she's there. It just goes to show you what these leftist, progressive, communist, Democrats, whatever you want to call them, um, what they're capable of doing and who they're capable of working with or having worked for them. My goodness, this is ridiculous. Especially the last one. <laughs> Mao Zedong was her favorite. Oh, my goodness. All right, next bullet point. Worked for a law firm that had ties to South African-controlled regime in Nambia during apartheid. Oh, I guess apartheid's okay when a Democrat's, or excuse me, rhino is involved, but um, <clears throat> don't be a conservative and have anything to do with, well, conservative wouldn't anyway. Um, let's see, last bullet point. Known for our clients, Rossing Uranium Limited, which is connected to Iran. Nambian Chamber of Commerce and Nambia News Bureau. All right, Aaron Pelton, Special Assistant to President Biden. Overseas inflation, overseas inflation, supply chain, and energy crises that have contributed to the current recession plaguing Americans. Okay, there's the person, folks. Right to her. Okay. Second bullet point: Part of the leadership at the Domestic Policy Council, where an unnamed Top aide declared the baby formula shortage was not a top-level crisis. That's criminal. And last bullet point, known foreign clients, Gutter and Kazakhstan. Natalie Wythe Ernest, 
um, counselor to the secretary, Department of the Treasury. <laughs> They're in every part of government. First bullet point, counselor to the secretary Yellen for strategic communications. Second bullet, responsible for Secretary Yellen's effort to control inflation narrative, at first claiming it was transitory and ignoring role of government spending. <clears throat> Third bullet, latest inflation spin is an effort to redefine recession to avoid Biden accountability. And the last bullet is known for our clients, People's Republic of Bangladesh. So she's got the, the Muslim. Um, She's represented the Muslims from Bangladesh. Okay. Mark H. Gittenstein, U.S. representative to the European Union. Uh, first bullet, <clears throat> U.S. representative to European Union as Europe has plunged into war, energy, and food crises. Second bullet, member of Mayor Brown and Platt, while it was affiliated with foreign organizations that include London Medical Exchange, uh, Metal Exchange, excuse me, Limited, uh, Dome Petroleum Limited, and Lendorf and Babson Real Estate, known foreign clients, Nestle and South Africa. Next criminal, uh, next person, uh, Maria Fabiana Jorge. <clears throat> I don't know, I think it's Jorge, folks. It could be George or Jorge or whatever. Alternative Executive Director, Inter-American Development Bank. First bullet, member of Inter-American Development Bank, IDB. Board of Executive Directors responsible for conduct of operations, including approving loans and policies. Um, yeah, to have one of these people approving loans, man, if you were on her, uh, her, her uh, favorable side, you know, you can get anything you want. Uh, second bullet, IDB advocates for the green transition that has decimated fossil fuel development and modern agriculture in the midst of global energy and food crises crises, resulting in popular uprisings in countries such as Sri Lanka. And fourth, a third bullet and final, known for our clients, government of Bolivia. This is one of the people, folks, that is involved in um, the whole fossil fuel thing. And this is one of the people that says that cow farts are leading to global warming. And what it does is it causes farmers and just good people to, to revolt, and that leads to anarchy and crisis and, and uh, in many cases, civil war or civil unrest. So it's all orchestrated. It's an all uh, new age, new world, not new age, new world order orchestrated uh, bovine scatology that um, is just turning this world upside down. Next person, Zev Carlin Newman, speechwriter and communications advisor, Domestic Policy Council. First bullet, formerly worked on, on Obama National Security Council with his current boss, director of the White House Domestic Policy Council, Susan Rice. Remember Susan Rice? Remember how controversial she was? Well, she's there, folks, just not showing her face because this schmuck is working for her. Uh, second bullet point, inflation, recession, supply chain, energy, and food crisis have forced White House slash DPC into full spin mode, redefining commonly accepted terms in Orwellian attempt to make Americans disbelieve the reality around them. 
known for our clients, the Republic of Korea. Stephen Rasheni, counselor to President Biden. See, we read about these people. We're getting more in-depth things about them, okay? And that's what I like. I like to start off with them, kind of like with an appetizer and then move on to the main meal. And this is the main meal. Steve Rashetti, counsel of President Biden. In other words, his lawyer, or one of them. His brother's lobbying efforts and the infrastructure bill seeking um, electronic vehicle funding overlapped with Rashetti's lead role in negotiating the infrastructure bill on behalf of the White House, raising concern among ethics lawyers. Uh, second bullet, Rashetti's entrance into the Biden administration coincided with a boon in his brother's lobbying firm business, which reported 820000 in fees in quarter one of 2021, five times the amount in quarter one of 2020. Third bullet, landed several of his children's jobs within senior ranks of government, prompting accusations of nepotism. Well, you know what they say, birds of a feather. Um... Last bullet, foreign clients, Canadian trade and energy clients. Okay. Next, uh, you want to say person. Next um, individual. There we go. Jonathan Sue, <clears throat> Deputy, <clears throat> sorry, folks, Deputy Counsel to President Biden, Senior Attorney in Biden's White House Counsel Office that is responsible for advising the Office of Government Ethics when it comes to issues such as permitting Hunter Biden to sell his art for exorbitant prices provided the buyer's identities are not disclosed. Yeah, I shake my head in disgust. Second bullet, listed 32 confidential clients on his uh, financial disclosure form, further eroding accountability and transparency into the potential conflicts of interest of one of the president's top attorneys. Can I ask you a question? When do you, isn't a honest attorney very rare these days? I'm not saying that there aren't any, but I'd say they're 99 to one corrupt. Uh, next bullet, third one, representing, represented pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical company accused of EpiPen price gouging. Well, he lost that one, didn't he? And last bullet of the last person here. Known foreign clients, government of Kazakhstan. All right, folks. So you guys are the jury. <clears throat> what do you think? <laughs> I don't know. I, there, I think, you know, corruption. Corruption is a three-syllable yeah, word. And I think that maybe we can just rename it to Biden. You know? Um, he's committed Biden. He's guilty of Biden. Much easier to say. Two syllables, very short. So, <clears throat> more further proof, folks, that this man here, um, I'm circling a picture of Joe Biden on, on the wall here, folks. Um, <clears throat> this person here is, uh, I don't know. <clears throat> Corrupt doesn't even begin to, to speak about his all of his garbage. Um, I don't know. Criminal. Maybe criminally corrupt. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. But folks, we're living in a day and age where bad is good and good is bad. And unfortunately, um, we, we've got the poster children for this, that phrase. You know, it's 
I don't know. I've never seen anything like this. And I don't think that if you were to put all the gangsters from the 1930s, all the, the corrupt politicians from time immemorial to now, um, and put them all together in one cast, I don't think that um, their number or the number of their offenses would equal in severity the number of offenses of the Biden administration because he's in league with the new new world order. You know, he's, you could say that he's guilty of all these things, but folks, he's, he's guilty on, because he has followed the orders of people like um, uh, George Soros and um, Schwab from the World Economic Forum. You know, they tell him what to do and he kisses their ring or the backside of their person and says, yes, sir, I'll do that. And, um, and that's how these people get ahead. You know, when you got people like uh, Alexandria Cortez, um, you know, going into politics, into the um, <clears throat> House of Representatives, basically a poor person or close to poor. And then becoming a multimillionaire in the short time that she's been in office there. There's something wrong. Okay. <clears throat> Man, I'm starting to sound like Robert Kennedy Jr. Um, no offense. I'm just saying that my voice is starting to get crackly. Um, so I'm going to end here probably on the hour mark. But um, <clears throat> so what do you do, folks? What do we do? Well, me, I pray. Okay. Because, frankly, Yahweh is the only one that can get us out of this. Okay? Yes, men can, but Yahweh has to appoint the men to do it. Okay? And we got to pray that he um, appoints righteous people to run for office and righteous people to be advisors of the next president and righteous people to advise senators and congressmen that get into office. Because if they don't, and to protect the new senators and congressmen to get in office because most of them go in fairly innocent, wanted to do good, but then they either get threatened or approached. And um, next thing you know, they're just as corrupt as everybody else that's in there. So we need a bunch of people that'll say, no, I'm not going to do that. A bunch of people that have clean records when they go in yeah, that can't, you know, so they don't have anything bad to be held against them. People that aren't drug addicts, people that aren't, um, alcoholics, you know, uh, <clears throat> people that have, don't have sexual sin or sexual crime associated with anything that could be held over them. We don't want those people in office. We want fresh people, people that are honest, people that are pure, or as pure as you can get, actually, and go to Washington. Um, <clears throat> so, folks, anyway, uh, here you've seen several individuals that basically have had the interests of other governments above our interests, okay, and have received money for doing those things. And some of those things that we, we looked at and we read were abom abominable things. You know, they were, they're terrible. They're people that act such a way should, should be in jail, not in government. So um, perhaps when, when President Biden or Sue forgive me, Lord, when President Trump gets reelected, that some good will come out of it and we can, he can finish cleaning the swamp. 
or at least get it going to such a point where whoever takes over from him will be able to continue the work, you know? Um, <clears throat> so, we, you know, we, we've... <clears throat> nothing is impossible with Yahweh, okay? I know it looks fairly impossible. It looks like we've gone past the point of no return. But Yahweh does, no, does not recognize the point of no return. Um, several times in Scripture, in uh, the Tanakh, the old, what you call the Old Testament... He turned Israel around. He put a righteous man in office. And, you know, he got rid of all the practices of false, serving false gods and and all the garbage that they did back then. He turned the country around. Granted that, you know, within a generation or even the next leader that came in was more wicked than the, the one that this good man replaced. But at least for a while, the nation of Israel um, had relative peace and and the relative um oh, what am I trying to say lack of corruption and, and things like that. So um things are not impossible where Yahweh's concerned. So he needs to be our focus. And um I should have had this ready before I got on the air because I want to um I want to end with a particular scripture. Okay. And yeah, we're getting there. Okay. Okay, here we go. Okay, come on. I know we said, okay, there we go. Okay. All right, that's not what I want. Okay, here we go. All right, this is coming um <coughs> Sorry, um, this is in Second Chronicles, and um, Second Chronicles is basically a history book. Okay, let's see. Okay, all right, here we go. <clears throat> Solomon was David's son, and Solomon was. Um, received the promise of building a temple. And um, this is a discourse that Yahweh had with Solomon, basically telling him what to do. Okay? And I'm not going to read everything because it's a lot. Okay. And I'm going to read it with the Hebrew words. Um, And Yahweh appeared to Solomon by night, and said unto him, I have heard thy prayers and have chosen this place for myself for a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people... Now, wait a minute. So what is he saying? If things get... If the people become corrupt and actually cause Yahweh to not hear their prayers and um, and to basically remove himself from them so that all hell breaks loose, so to speak. Um, you know, they were aggre- aggregate. Uh, they're, they're, <laughs> I can't, sorry, folks. I can't think of that word right now, but their whole system, their whole lives were um, dealt with um, agriculture. And so <clears throat> he uses those terms. And if I shut up heaven and there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, 
or if I send pestilence among my people. In other words, he's saying, in modern terms, it would be, you know, if uh, if I um, <clears throat> if I make it so that you can't get fuel for your cars and your farmers can't farm the land because of that, and uh, <clears throat> and I send or I, I cause somebody to invent COVID and it comes upon you. Um, and then I'll, I'll, I'll continue with the next verse. If my people that are called by my name now, of course, you know, this is talking about um, Israel and and they were called by Yahweh's name because any name in, in Hebrew that has El in it at the end usually is associated with God because he's Elohim, Elohim. El Shaddai, okay? So El is a word for God. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves, <laughs> yeah, maybe Americans will do that soon. I don't know. And pray, well, that would be a good thing, right? And seek my face. So you got to pray. you got to reach out to him and really look for him. In other words, seeking his face means above all other things, looking for him. And turn from their wicked ways. That's an important part of it. You can't do it anymore if it's if it's offensive to God or Yahweh. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will hear their land, heal their land. Now my eyes will, shall be open and my ear attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. In other words, the temple. Or nowadays the temple is in our heart. Okay. <clears throat> For I <clears throat> now have I chosen the sanctity. To, to be sanctified, excuse me, for now have I chosen and sanctified this house, that my name be there forever, and my eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. And as for thee, if thou shalt walk before me as David thy father walked, and do according to do all the that I command thee, and shall observe my statutes and my judgments, I need to tell in Psalm, then he will establish his throne uh the throne of his kingdom, according that he promised to David. Okay? Anyway, there's a promise here. In other words, quit screwing around. Seek me. Stop doing what you're doing. It's wrong. Um, Pray. And then if you do it earnestly, and I see that in your heart you mean what you're saying because you've given up your wicked ways, then he's going to heal. He'll hear from heaven and heal our land. We need a big healing in our land, folks. But we need a ginormous healing in our land, and it's not going to happen by our works. It's not going to happen by a revolution or a civil war. It's going to happen by Yahweh changing the hearts of people and maybe removing some people from the census, so to speak. Um, and you know what I mean by that. So. It's something to keep in mind. Think about it, okay? Um, I'm going to go ahead and end this broadcast. I've been on for an hour and seven minutes, and my throat's <clears throat> my throat's a mess. So I sound like Alex Jones. So, folks, um, think upon these things, and and um, until we meet again, um, <clears throat> I am currently. I was talking with Brian today, by the way, folks, and he tends to think that with everything that's going on, maybe we should go, I think I brought this up at the beginning of the show, but that maybe we should go up like every day, uh, five days a week or something. And because there's just so much that's coming down the pike right now. 
So you guys be in prayer about that too, okay? I don't want to get on here. I'm not meant to be on here, you know, for, for all those days. So um, we'll just see what happens, okay? All right. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to rise upon you, be gracious unto you. May he watch your going out, your coming in, your rising up, and your lying down. May he give you the peace that passes all understanding. And may you come to know, if you don't already, Yeshua HaMashiach as your Lord and Savior. And be thankful that he died for you and that if you come to him, you'll have eternal life. And you will partake in the resurrection that is soon coming, where he'll call us to be with himself. Call us privately. And... Well, in Yeshua's name I pray. Amen and amen. Okay, folks, that's it for me. Um, tomorrow night, Friday night, I'll be posting a show with Ralph Epperson. We'll be doing it in the afternoon, but uh, Ralph likes to use um, Zoom, and I, I don't know of a way to live broadcast in Zoom. So we'll be, um, <clears throat> I mean, and equate it with Rumble. So we'll be going, um, I'll be doing it tomorrow afternoon with him and then immediately uploading it to uh, to uh, Rumble and to other sources. So, hey, see you tomorrow if you, if you choose to be there. Good night, folks.